And then once you have them engaged, are you setting those appointments? Are you scheduling the appointments inside the software? Are you tracking the customer throughout their researching phase? Because that's what it takes. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Joe Webb. Now, Joe is a uh, really interesting guy and someone who, I, who I've actually just met recently through, uh, through a mutual friend. And uh, what makes Joe really interesting is he's not like the, the typical guest I've had on this, on this podcast on you know, interviewing. He's actually a business consultant to what you might call real businesses or brick-and-mortar businesses out there, not really on the internet. Uh, in, specifically, he's really working with car dealerships. I also consult a little bit outside there. So he helps them with the dealers and their communication, the brand messaging, how they connect, anything to do with, you know, at the end of the day, like we talk about on here, how to uh, get more clients, get more customers and grow the business. So I thought I'd get Joe on and find out what happens in the world of, you know, marketing and getting leads and converting those leads out there in the, in the brick and mortar world or in the real world, as you could call it. So that's what we're going to have a chat about today. Joe, how you doing, man? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Good, man. Good to have you on the show. So uh, before we get into the, well, we get into this, the sort of nitty gritty that people are, you know, these businesses are doing and that you're helping them with. Can you give the listener a bit more of a background on, on who you are and what you're up to? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I originally was a marketing manager in the Chicagoland, Chicago, Illinois area in the States and somehow parlayed that into working at an automobile dealership. And I uh, was pretty quickly from a sales uh, pretty quickly from a sales perspective that they tagged me to be the quote unquote internet guy to assist all online shoppers with their inquiries and i began selling more and more and more and more and more cars uh, i left one dealership and took over another and grew them from in about 7 years from about 120 sales a month to about 450 sales a month and all of that, my focus was on the marketing, online marketing, and really the communication from the time a consumer calls in, emails in, chats in, and how to best convert those clients into in-store showroom visitors and buyers. So over the years, I had sort of developed a reputation both with the manufacturers and in the automotive world. I was writing for several publications, writing on uh, writing several blogs for different resource sites, and speaking at the majority of the major conferences in automotive and segued my success and, you know, mediocre notoriety into a consulting company about seven years ago. So what we do is we assist primarily auto dealers with maximizing their online investments, utilizing the right technology, how to best communicate with customers, providing them templates, processes, job descriptions, pay plan scenarios, a structure to how to best uh, orchestrate their dealerships and their marketing inside a more progressive internet research landscape. Cool. Cool. That was well done. And uh, you just told me that you couldn't pitch. No, I can't. 
I can say what I've done. I just can't say everything that I can do. Okay, okay. Well, I think what's really cool there is it sounds like you you didn't start with really a map in the you know in the beginning. You know, if you go back to those early days when you were just figuring it out, it sounds like you you were just testing stuff to see what worked, and over time you figured out how to actually smooth out that process and, and increase sales with the communication online and online marketing. Exactly. You know, I always say that the smartest thing the owner of my auto dealership ever did was not know enough to look to see what I was doing. So it allowed me to experiment, it allowed me to fail, and allowed me to uh, try countless tactics to see sort of what the best messaging is to elicit responses from customers, to build value, and most specifically build trust in between an automotive retail sales professional and the consumer. Because the truth is, I don't think, you know, uh, everybody says customers don't like to be sold cars. They like to buy cars. Nobody's looking for a car salesperson when they go online. They're looking for an automotive retail professional. And I think how you conduct yourself in multiple mediums uh, as well as online is really going to help dictate whether or not you earn the customer's trust and inevitably earn their business. Hmm. That's a really interesting distinction that you make there with the, you know, people, you know, when they go online, whether, whether they're looking for a car or even just another product, they're not looking for, for a salesman. If they're looking for someone to help them, they're looking for a uh, almost like a guidance counselor or someone to kind of sit down with them and really help them find the best solution for them, not just who's going to sell them the, you know, the thing with the most commission. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, Google, you know, in a way it champions it because the, some of the semantic relevancy they're placing on websites uh, where everything Google is looking for is the, the EAT profile, which is expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. You know, EAT, E-A-T. And the truth is every single consumer does truly want, regardless of product, just wants to find that one quintessential expert that is going to allow, that's not going to sell them anything and it's not going to stand away. And they might not even need to handhold and walk them through. They just need to sort of be a bridge to the customer to going from, you know, the thinking and researching phase to the buying phase. And how quickly can you get that customer or that consumer over the bridge, providing them the answers, providing them the context and providing them the path in which to purchase the quickest. Right. Right. Perfect. Okay. So can you talk to me a bit about when you sit down with a, you know, a car dealership, a new client, and you're uh, mapping out the strategy or figuring out what needs to happen? How do you, do you have a process you follow or some questions that you ask? Oh, absolutely. I mean, inevitably, I want to find out what they're currently doing and what it is they feel that are broken. I mean, the truth is, thankfully, I'm, I'm uh, adept enough where I can usually go into an organization and uh, with a mystery shop or two in advance, a mystery call in advance, I can go into an organization, see how they're operating, see the technology they're using, and immediately be able to sell them more vehicles just by putting in smarter messaging into the email templates, training a process, sometimes just in putting in a process that people have to fire the right triggers, the right schedules, the right actions, and take away some of the guesswork. So very often a salesperson will sit down and just say, what do I do today? Or they will look at their client list and they'll say, what should I email to these people? I try to take the guesswork out of it and give them very specific, consistent messaging you know, autonomous to an entire dealer group, for instance. So if I reach out to dealer A and dealer B and dealer C, and they're all under the same group, I should not, regardless of the salesperson, be receiving as a consumer a different experience based on who I speak to whatsoever. I should only be 
speaking to, I apologize. I've got a, a kid trying to break in the door here. Uh, this is the benefit of working out the home. Um, and I should have locked my door anyway. So nonetheless, I think inevitably a lot of the questions I ask on, you know, what they feel they're missing, but moreover, what is happening from the time a consumer calls you? How's it handled? Who handles it? What do they say? What do they send? And what is the goal? And a lot of people say the same goal, which is, well, we want them to set an appointment. We want them to get the customer into the showroom. And those are the things that are really nice to be said, but if you don't have any actionable strategy uh, or specific word tracks or specific messaging on what to say to reach that goal, then it's all just fluff. Okay, okay. So it sounds like you take you're taking a very strategic approach, you know, looking at the big picture and then coming down coming down from there and then figuring out what needs to happen. Because I think a lot of people where they get caught up is they hear about some of the strategies that are going on online right now or more about the tactics actually. And they come in and they go, I just want to write some emails and you know, you know, create an email list and then start blasting that out to, you know, bring in some more customers and bring in some more clients. And, uh, and sometimes, like what you're saying, well, maybe all the time, it's going to benefit if they step back for a second and look at the big picture of what's going on with that messaging. Absolutely. I mean, everything needs to be, and, you know, it's an interesting dichotomy. Everything needs to be very personalized and customized for each individual experience. So a person that comes in from your website asking about one product versus comes in from maybe a third-party lead generator or a different resource site asking about a different product should not get the exact same responses. They can be extremely similar when it comes to branding the organization, but you have to personalize and customize each individual experience. And technology is only slowly catching up with the ability for people to do that. Uh, it cannot just be the same messaging every single time. You have to connect on a personal, individual level with each client and it just takes a little extra thinking it takes a little extra time but there's the beauty of email is that before you click send you get to reread it and you get to say and one of the things that made me successful is if i i always say if i were the customer what would i want right now and for the most part admittedly some customers don't know what they want or what they need so you can create you know very blanketed marketing messages that build value in the dealership or build value in the individual or build value in the process that you have in place at your store or build value in the product in which you sell but regardless those can be four separate messaging which do you send at each individual point some you can preload some you can automate and have them automatically fire and the rest need to elicit contact with you know very focused pointed questions toward that individual customer okay so instead of like uh, instead of just sitting down at the dealership and just saying you know looking at their website and saying well you should put a you know a lead capture form here and start following them up with say six emails you come in and kind of it's like I said it goes back to that big picture of well, where are they failing right now where are the breakpoints in that whole that entire not just the marketing funnel but the entire sales process well I mean yes for us we have been able to uh, sort of expand how we can assist dealers uh, most specifically just create a level of accountability uh, from a communication standpoint to make sure that from lead management wise everything is up to snuff. So I never come in and say, spend more money on this, that, or the other. I say, let's maximize and sell more product based on how many leads you're currently generating by improving your communication. You know, step two is now let's improve your online presence. Let's, uh, I mean, there's probably something along the lines of 80 to 90 different website providers for auto dealers, likely more if you consider some of the local guys. Uh, but there's likely 15 to 20 
primary website providers, at least 20. And each one has their own vision on this is what a search engine result page should look like. This is what a vehicle details page should look like. You know, this is what a product display page looks like. This is what our homepage should look like or your homepage. And sometimes it is the website provider that is dictating to each individual dealer this is what we see works, and it could be completely different than what one of their competitors believes. Mm. And then at the same time, you've got the manufacturer, the automaker, who comes in and says, if you want to have our franchise, if you want to be a General Motors dealer, you have to use this one company, and you have to have it look sort of like this. And the manufacturer then works with the website provider to dictate exactly what they allow the brand to look like, even at the dealer level. Hmm. That must be very frustrating, working working in a situation <laughs> like that. Yes, because there is a, a lack of control that I think make people, makes people weary about where the true intention is. An auto dealer should be trying to brand their individual dealership and brand name, and in many cases, family names, because they're second or third or fourth generation dealerships. And regardless of the product they sell, they shouldn't be handcuffed to look or sound or speak like many others around them. Uh, so there is that belief system. At the same time, the automakers and a lot of the website providers, the big ones, spend a lot of money you know, analyzing data to determine what is the best call to action? What is the best vehicle details page? And, you know, sometimes you have to rely on the experts to give you those answers. And sometimes you need to uh, really stand your ground and say, no, this is what I believe as a consumer. You know, I need my brand to, to appear like online. Yeah. Okay. So do you have any do you have any examples of how you, you know, what you've done in the past with this stuff? You know, sort of what the lessons were in that situation? Almost like a case study. <laughs> I mean... Obviously, uh, yes, we have, I mean, countless case studies where here, so it's interesting because there have been automotive and or internet sales trainers out in automotive for quite some time now, long before I even got into it. And many of them are teaching and training a lot of the same things. And interestingly enough, most dealers are more caught on now as to some of the basics they should be doing when it comes to internet sales and online sales. So... Uh, in regard to statistics, I can say, like, uh, I think the last time we did it, we sh usually show a 67% increase in online sales or internet sales, I should say, within the first year of working with an organization. We've been able to, uh, in three months' time, at one organization that was handling 2,000 leads, we've been able to, both from an online presence standpoint, gutting roughly $250,000 out of their budgets for the year just on leads and all these extras they were spending on. And we doubled their closing ratio going from, I think, 5% to 10.5% within three months. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, inevitably my goal, uh, you know, you can't guarantee cars sold because, you know, you just can't say guarantee, you know, I cannot control the hygiene of your sales floor. So, but there are things that I can guarantee, which is, you know, people will never hear back from more customers, uh, more online customers than when they're utilizing a dealer knows process or dealer knows templates. Um, but at the same time, I am even handcuffed based on some of the CRM or customer relation management technology that 
Uh, it is still very difficult to embed in video emails. It is still a monumental task to be able to text customers legally back and forth through a software. It is still uh, difficult to even create HTML templates and have them fire and get through the customer spam filters based on the technology that the dealership uses. So every single dealer, I mean, I'm a boutique firm. I do not want to rule the industry or, or you know, have countless clients. We, are, we turn down the majority of people who reach out to us. And we literally try to find reasons not to take them because we really look for the, like the perfect partnership of uh, buy-in, you know, desire to be progressive, uh, and willingness from a sales and structure to push, you know, push the needle forward. But I mean, with that said, we, I mean, we thankfully show every single client uh, growth, in some cases, really considerable growth. I think a good half of our customers are actively trying, our dealer clients are actively trying now to purchase other properties and other franchises because they're on a real upward trajectory. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, that is the best thing I can do is uh, be a trusted resource. That's it. I mean, the, the hardest thing in our industry is to find somebody you trust. I don't take a dollar from any vendors. I don't have a single referral or reseller agreement in place so I can keep my integrity and always give the best answer every time and not worry about my pocketbook. So the best thing I can say is the clients that we bring on, have, you know, most of them have been with us a real long time. And, uh, and they keep us around every single month, you know, with simply an executive management call yeah. just because they trust me okay. and they, they trust my team. Yeah. Okay. I want to go back to the, uh, you mentioned a couple of things there was 67%, uh, a number there with what you did with the, I think it was, the, was that the closing ratio or that was the additional clients? Yeah, that's uh, well, no, so not a 67%, uh, 67% increase in online and internet sales. And as I said, all numbers and statistics vary. I've got a, I won't call him a competitor out there, but I, or a peer, but I'll call him a competitor where he says, Hey, we show this dealership, you know, 200% growth. Well, it's easy to show 200% growth. If you go from zero where somebody was doing zero and then you start tracking things and you show them 20 sales, you know? So, uh, I don't even go by, uh, the statistics. The primary things that we look at is how many total leads are you generating? Moreover, how many leads are you generating organically and are you showing better on the search engines? Number two would be how many appointments is your team setting? How many appointments are showing? And how many of those appointments are buying? And uh, and then, like, for instance, also, is there an increase in reviews and testimonials and digital assets? And we know that if we can increase your website visitors and increase your VDP views or your vehicle detail page views, and if we can increase the amount of leads you're generating, the amount of appointments you're setting, the amount of people that are showing for set appointments. I mean, there's a huge difference. Sometimes we'll take on a mom and pop store that we really want to see grow and we think they have some of the right elements in place. And then we can see, you know, really great results there that and they were doing very little before. And then sometimes we'll take on a really larger organization of, you know, 18, 20 stores and they already are operating at a very high level and we just want to push them over that plateau that they sort of reached and and uh, leveled out at, and and that's what we do. Cool. Okay. So, because one thing I was interested in finding out is when you talk about the increases, whether it's sixty-seven, however much it ends up being, 
I was curious what what uh, like I know so the brand messaging is going to change. You're going to go in and you're going to look at like how um, how do I actually you know, improve those conversion rates. But what 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 are some of the specific things that you did in say a situation like that that created that increase? No, most specifically, process. I'm considered the process guy. So I go into the CRM or the customer relationship management tools and I build out based on events every single instance on when your team is going to contact a consumer, both uh, when they become a prospect, you know, pre-sale, post-sale, missed appointment, set appointment, showed appointment, as leases are going to get ready to return, as the loan origination is ending, Every single instance in which you would need to communicate messaging or contact a customer, I go and I build that out inside of the CRM. Okay. So, you know, how do you communicate with your customers and how do you keep front of mind awareness with them? How do you convert them from a shopper to a showroom client? So how do you and, do that? Uh, well, you incorporate in the right brand messaging, calling at the right time, the right word, like phone scripts yeah. on what to say when you call them. And, and then you make sure that all of your online branding and all of your specials is, well, any single special that you have are always well communicated, not just online, but through your staff and through your team. So everyone's sort of speaking the same message. Okay, interesting. So, so it's kind of like when you go into a company, you're looking at, when you talk about process, it's looking at building out a, well, like I said, building out a process for how they engage with the customer so that when they do it, it's happening on a very consistent basis. That the messaging on the website is the same messaging they're going to get in the emails. It's the same messaging they're going to get on the phone. All the deals run across the board. So what's available on the site is available in store, available on the phone and that kind of thing. Yes. So um, just for instance, uh, and I don't know, you know, across multiple industries and I'm, I'm now working with uh, – the hot in the hot tub industry as well as another one of our clients, for instance. Uh, and inside the hot tub industry, I will say that the average response time to a customer that submits an inquiry that we've been able to see from all of our shops is about four days. So four days from the time somebody shows interest in your product, you hear something back. The average amount of people, you know, the average amount of calls you you uh, receive are about one or just over one on average in automotive. It wasn't that much better. I mean, I still think the average response time for most dealers is four hours. Mm. And then, so we know that the quicker, you know, if we can get a you to call a customer between 10 to 15 minutes, your closing ratio is going to straight up double compared to a four-hour response time. So those are a few of the things that, that you know, we try to get a speedier response, a higher quality first response from, your, from coming from your team. So we look at the timing. We look at the effort in which you give, how many ongoing outbound calls and email attempts or chat attempts or video attempts are you making to your clients to try to connect with them and engage with them. And then once you have them engaged, are you setting those appointments? Are you scheduling the appointments inside the software? Are you tracking the customer throughout their researching phase? Because that's what it takes to is to create these sort of personalized paths to the purchase to continually win over every single customer. It's all it's all math. You know, yeah. I know for instance that the average automotive salesperson makes under five calls a day. Sucks. But under five calls a day they make. And yet I know that if I can get somebody to make 25 calls a day, they're going to sell X amount more vehicles hands down. Uh, I just took on a, a dealership 
three, a new client locally here in Southern Florida three months ago. Their entire team collectively from as an organization was making 4,000 outbound calls a month. In one month, putting in a new process, they, well, now one and a half months, two months, they are making on average 6,100 calls per month. So they're making 2,000 more calls and they're selling an additional 30 units every single month just because of the extra calls. Mm. So it comes down to effort. The more call attempts, the more connections, the more connections with the right messaging, the more appointments, and the more sales. And, uh, you know, it just is making sure that you're triggering the people to do their jobs because people aren't going to inherently know when to call customers. Yeah. But you can you can uh, you can coach them in the right way. Right, right. I think this is an interesting interesting point here because a lot of people that I you know I've spoken to because I travel a lot. I've been in Thailand and the Philippines. There's, awesome. There's very much a scene of people who. Who you know? It's it's who, it's almost like the, the bragging rights goes to who can work the least or do the least work to get the most result. The whole eighty twenty thing, and that can be you know there's there's value in that at times. But but sometimes you know with some things, especially like calls, there's no arguing the fact that the more calls you do, the more sales you're going to make. Well, the more you know customers that you follow up with, and the faster you follow up with them, which may require you to monitor your inbox or have someone replying to emails constantly. The Correct. more you do that, the more you, you know the more business you're going to get. But no one really. That doesn't uh, scale in the way that some people like to talk about scale. And so people think, well, I can wait. I'm going to wait for a week or I'm going to outsource my email and things like that when really this is where the money is. You're absolutely – I mean the truth is the beauty about email and the beauty about picking, picking up a phone and calling is it's free. Mm. You know, you know, searching for a customer on Facebook or, uh, you know, or any other, you know, even LinkedIn and trying to connect with them on the social networks, it's free. It just takes doing. And, you know, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of people who just feel like they will do the path of least resistance. And I see it every store I go to. Nobody has all superstars. Nobody. And many times the people will just do the bare minimum expected of them. So I never wanted to be a consultant. And I don't want my team to waste their breaths when they go into stores training people. So we've developed actually a software and a technology and a team of people that where we go in and we monitor what's happening inside the CRM and we actually shoot both the individual reps as well as their managers really detailed notes, uh, you know, based on a, a litany of different weighted statistically graded criteria where we tell them everything they're doing wrong when following up with a lead, everything they're doing right, what they still need to do to convert that lead. And we send it to customer, or we send it to our the dealer representatives and the managers about seven days after a lead's arrival, just to say, here is the level of effort that your team is giving into this one individual lead, and it's it's attached to a grade A B C D F B plus C minus, yeah. and uh, and we have a historical backend tool where we can start showing people essentially what level of effort, what grade performance they're giving their daily duties. Because as soon as we can bring their ma the managers into the know, if you will, as to what their team should be doing and how to hold them accountable, the minute people start doing their jobs better, so right. it's not just putting in the right process. It's we also go in and make sure that that process is being followed. Yeah, okay, okay. The cool thing there is that uh, it reminds me of the Peter Drucker quote, what, get, what gets measured 
gets managed. So if you start tracking exactly. this stuff, if you start tracking how many calls you're going to do and how many emails, you start measuring your success by, or measuring at least your impact and how you know the quality of your work by how much output you're actually producing. That output's going to go up. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a Vince Lombardi, a famous uh, American football coach who said practice doesn't make perfect perfect practice makes perfect mm. so that's why it's not just about putting in the process it's putting in the process and making sure it is followed to a t and that type of consistency is what starts winning you sales mm. winning you market share cool i think that's a good note to end on so before we wrap this up though can you give the you know if, if someone wants to get in touch with you maybe work with you or at least find out more about what you do where's the best place for them to do that dealernose.com, which is D-E-A-L-E-R-K-N-O-W-S.com. I do a lot of writing. I also am known for sort of creating comedic car sales videos or videos about car sales. So if you go on to dealernose.com about halfway down the page, there's a little box for you to put in your email address and you can subscribe to a free newsletter where once a month you'll get every single writing that I, I do, every single video I post, uh, just, you know, non-intrusive once-a-month email. So right on dealernose.com, they can go and learn everything about uh, me, but at least you know keep up to date on some industry information if they want to do. Cool, cool. I just signed up. I want to see one of these, uh, these funny videos that you've been making. Well, then, yeah, I've got an entire section that says funny videos, so you can go at it. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not genius. I'm a, I'm a better writer either. than I am a performer, <laughs> so I apologize now. But uh, no, absolutely, I would say a lot of my notoriety has come from those... Awesome. I just found the page, man. So if you go to dealernose.com, then you go to videos. There actually is a funny video section. <laughs> awesome, Joe. All right, man. Well, great to have you on the show, man. I'll have uh, links to this, uh, to the site and the funny videos thing on the show notes at themcnethic.com. Cool. Awesome. And let's uh, keep in touch. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.